You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. And what I decided to do was, I'm getting this in your earbuds while I'm in Jacksonville on vacation, but I recorded a Twitter show on Sunday, and because you guys sent in so many questions, I decided to record another one Monday and then publish it Tuesday morning. So you can get three days in a row of good stuff. And in between will be Mark Schofield. I'm going to record him tonight, but you may have already listened to that. So that's the way this is all working out. I'm going to kind of make it a quick show, buzz through a couple more of these Twitter questions that you guys brought up I thought were pretty good. Um... Byron Chanko asked me, who is most likely to win the AFC East if the Patriots falter? What would it take for each to compete with the Patriots, other than the Pats falling off, you know, Brady hugely declining? Which bottom of the division team from last year projects is most likely to make a playoff run? Uh, good questions. And obviously, well, let's look at this two ways from the Patriots. Is... Obviously, a Brady injury or, you know, falls off the cliff would derail their season. But I also don't think it's crazy to say, okay, maybe they're not a top 2, 3, 4 team. You know, I mean, at some point that's going to happen, right? That They're not going to be an elite team. Gronkowski isn't there. Um, but as you guys probably know by now, I'm done doubting them. They're going to be great. They're always great. It just seems like it's, you know, death taxes. You know what I mean? But... Let's assume that they, you know, for the for the sake of this argument, that they decline a little. They're a 9-10 win team. You know, can any of the other teams in that division, or I guess the way he phrased the question is, which team in that division, if everything struck right, could be, you know, could then take the crown for 2019? Or I think Miami's out of the question. Very much think Miami's out of the question. I mean, they may show progress. Rosen might look good. That would be a successful year for them. The Bills and the Jets, I think, are pretty similar in this regard. I trust Darnold more than I trust Allen. I, as you guys know, I have respect for Gase, though. I mean, him getting to Miami to you know close to five hundred last year and winning as many games as he did with that roster, I think he could make the Jets pretty good. And again, if Darnold is the player I think he's going to be, I think their weapons are pretty strong. They're they're really good up the middle of their defense, their star power on defense. So I would pick the Jets, but I don't discount the chances of the Bills getting again to 9-10 wins. I mean, if everything strikes right and defense causes a lot of turnovers and Allen continues to make a lot of big plays but be a little bit more consistent as a passer, actually has a line and a, a wealth of receivers pretty good defense so I don't think it's crazy talk I mean we know how this league goes that the Bills or the Jets get a bounce or two get an extra win or two then maybe they even deserve you know in a 16 game schedule that goes a long way and something like that happens maybe Um, the bottom teams in each division we talked about the east I really don't see Cincinnati being a team that can really make noise um, in the South, I guess any of them could. I mean, Jacksonville, to me, is the bottom feeder in that division. But if they, you know, we go back and listen to that Locked on Jags uh, conversation I had. I mean, it's not crazy talk for them to, 
make some noise in a fashion they did two years ago. Again, I mean, this isn't what I'm picking. I'm just trying to write scenarios in my head where this would happen. The Raiders could, I mean, I guess. I mean, what if their offense becomes really good? Gruden coaches them up, has a lot more weapons now. A.B. goes for 1,500 yards. Carr gets it together. Defense makes a few more plays. I mean, gets a little bit of a pass rush, perhaps. That's not that much to ask. I mean, I don't foresee it happening, but maybe. I mean, so of those AFC teams, bottom feeders, I would guess Jacksonville is the most likely. And the NFC... It's a stretch for me to think the Giants' defense could make them relevant. Tampa's probably my team in this conversation, though. I mean, I think Tampa's really pretty good, and I think the coaching changes on both sides of the ball could really pay off. I'm still a Winston believer. I just hate the division they're in. I mean, the other three teams that division are really tough. But that doesn't mean that Tampa can't have a good year, you know, get to the playoffs and be a factor. I don't see it for the Lions, frankly. I, I just... I think they're in a tough division, too, in a tough spot, and don't love their talent. But the Niners would be the other one. So I think Tampa and San Francisco, that front seven for San Francisco has a chance to be exceptional. I mean, not just decent. It has a chance to be exceptional. You guys know I am a uh, Jimmy G fan. I, I certainly trust Shanahan to coach the heck out of that offense. I think Tevin Coleman could be a real factor. Pettis, Kittle. I like that group, throw in Debo Samuel. So I would probably pick the Niners, uh, followed by Tampa, to answer your question. All right, along those lines, Bradley Johnson asks, which QB is on another team next season, Winston or Mariota? It's a really good question. I mean, clearly these guys came in the league at the same time, one and two in the draft, of course, you know all these things, and are at a career crossroads. I mean, it's time for the Bucks and the Titans to decide are we all in on this guy or not? I wonder, contractually, can they kind of split the difference and do some sort of Andy Dalton deal if it's not clear after this year who the guy I mean, if it's a yes or no situation. I'd have a hard time believing that either gets, you know, 30-plus. I mean, like Dak-type money that he's going to ask for. But the quarterback market is just one of those things now where you – you basically just pay the going rate, which is a lot. Um, but are these guys going to be worth it in a year? I'm an apologist for both. I like both. I, I recognize the warts. I recognize that Mariota can't stay on the field. But I think Winston and Arians, kind of like I said about the Bucks, are going to get along really well. I also think Mariota is now in a really good situation to show what he can do and I think he's going to come through. I don't, I'm don't. i a little less confident about that. But it would take a lot, I guess, to to really just move on. I mean, to be like, okay, we got... It's not like they have a third-round pick in the waitings. Or, you know, somebody that's, you know, a Mason Rudolph or somebody that they might have some hope in, let alone a first-round pick. I mean, I feel like these teams would have to have disaster seasons with, like, fired coaching staffs. And I don't know that either is going to get to that point where you don't bring the incumbent quarterback back. And it's not perfect. I, I'm, I'm definitely looking at this as a glass-half-full situation, though, because I do like both prospects. I think they both have a chance to develop still into top-ten-type quarterbacks. But my hunch is I'll probably only be right about one of the two. You know, it's just the way that this works. Uh, folks, I mentioned before, I've mentioned many times, we are brought to you by Blue Chew. Um, 
it's even if you don't think you have an issue, you might as well try it anyways because it certainly enhances your situation. Um, you can enhance, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So let's listen, listen up here. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. That's key for me, if you ask me. Uh, now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform, as I mentioned. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So here's what you do. Visit BlueChew.com. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON, and all you do is pay $5 shipping for your first order of Blue Chew, and it's way worth more than 5 bucks, obviously. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them very much for sponsoring our podcast. James Shoemaker asked me, um, what's your take on Connor's role this year? Should we expecting a big change in how Pittsburgh's running backs are used? Mixed feelings on this one, too. I mean, I know that we're getting vibes and people are saying they want to lighten the load of their top back. And frankly, I've been a little bit rough on Tomlin over the years for just taking running backs and grinding them into the dirt. And especially Lev Bell. And it got to the point where sometimes late in the season when you need them most, they weren't available. And it's hard to win that way. It's hard to win Super Bowls that way. But I also concede that when it's week eight and you're on the road in Baltimore and it's the third quarter... Coaching staff isn't caring about, boy, we better keep Lev Bell fresh. You know, we're down three in, in Baltimore against the Ravens. you got to put your best guy out there. Now, I don't think Connor is as distinctly great in all facets as Bell is. You know, I mean, Bell was the best receiving back, the best rushing back on the team, also very good in protection. Connor's improved as a receiver. Um, he's a fumbler, though. You know, the thing that people aren't talking about around here is boy, the Steeler defense needs to take the ball away more. That's all you hear. But they gave the ball away a lot, and it was a lot on Ben, and it was a lot on Connor, the two guys that carry the touch the ball the most. Do we trust Connor as a ball carrier? I think that would be the one thing that could derail him, but clearly he's the man here. And I still think that Tomlin is who he is, and he's going to ride his best player. And again, Connor's not as good as Bell, but that is, still is him. So where does Jalen Samuel fit in? You know, where does Snell fit in? My hunch, again, this is prediction time. I think Snell's going to be a preseason darling. People are going to start loving him around here because he runs hard. I think he's going to be running over backup safeties in the preseason. And I think when it's all said and done, he'll be the, quote, handcuff to, to Connor. If Connor were to miss a game, I would betting, you know, on, the, on July 1st here that Snell would lead that team in rushes that week. But I also think Samuel is a guy who's sort of a specialty player. I know some people consider him tight end. He's not a tight end. I mean, he, I don't think he's a very good ball carrier. I mean, I know he put up a good game here and there last year, but I don't think he has very good running back skills, hand him the ball, run power, run zone. 
it's fine. He gets you out of a game, but I don't think that's who you want as a ball carrier. But I do think he's sort of unique in that he is a big receiving back. He's not Theo Riddick. He's not James White. He's very much a work in progress as a blocker. I remember interviewing him, you know, just like one year ago, saying, you know, what, let's talk about the passing game. He's like, I've never blocked before. I mean, when I was in college, I, if we ran a pass play, I was on the, out in the route because basically he's really good at it. And the Steelers hired his college running back coach. I think that's an interesting. And I think they'll continue that they like Samuel quite a bit. But I don't see him as a true number two type. So I think it's Connor getting a ton of carries no matter what anyone says and a ton of touches. Samuel mixed in maybe even with Connor on the field at times. And maybe clearly a third and eight situation. You trot Connor out of the game, unlike unlike Bell. And if Connor gets hurt, I think Snell's the guy. Uh, Bradley Johnson asked me, how has Bill O'Brien managed to get carte blanche at the Texans, where he looks set to be moved on just last season, certainly helping to remove GMs? Yeah, we've talked about this a fair amount, too. I mean, he's gotten in some GM battles. This one, I wonder if they thought they could get their boy from the Patriots and it just didn't work out, and now they're trying to tread water for a year until they can. Um, But it is odd. I do get the impression he's not easy to work with. However, I think head coaches are a commodity and they're hard to find, and I know that he maybe isn't the most likable guy to Texans fans and people don't love his game management. I'm not in a disagreement with that. But the guy gets the Texans to 8, 9, 10 wins every year. And before Watson, it was a bevy of bad quarterbacks. Yeah, he had J.J. Watt and some, I mean, some, some good players and Hopkins and these guys. But it's hard to win this league consistently to go over 500 with bad quarterbacks. And I thought he proved that. I also wonder, is he Marvin Lewis, though? You know, is he going to be there a long time? Do fine, you know, consistently win games, but not be what everybody wants. And I think that's a possibility. But I also think, you know, he's an above-average NFL coach. You know, some of these teams, boy, we need a coaching change. Well, are you going to hire somebody better? The chances are you're not. Um, Bradley also asks, how many seasons before Gruden feels the heat if the Raiders continue to struggle? That's interesting. I mean, you sign that big a deal and are that entrenched with the organization, he right now has Belichick-like job security. I mean, he would really have to be terrible, in my opinion. Like, I'm thinking, if they're the worst team in the league or in that conversation this year, I don't think his seat's hot, you know, at the end of the year. If it goes another year after a big offseason of spending and tons of draft picks... Then maybe. I mean, two dreadful years. Not, eh, they were, they end up with the eighth pick in the draft this year, and then next year they end up with the 12th pick of the draft. No, I mean, like, two god-awful, terrible seasons, I think, would be, then you're on the hot seat, not even necessarily fired. That's just my quick take on it. I mean, I I think he's in pretty good shape. Uh, Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I've mentioned it many times before that it does us a great favor if you can get in your car and tell your smart device to play Locked On NFL. Uh, We're also brought to you in part by Hotels.com. I used them for our Jacksonville trip. 
Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Matt Phillips asked me, who do you think earns the 1-1 in the 2020 draft and which player would you draft at 1? I'm very, very behind. I mean, I'm not close to being a draft expert, Matt. I mean, I'm really not. And the only way I could see it not being too, uh, assuming he's everything he's cracked up to be this year, is if Miami and Rosen, I, I, well, I guess I should answer the first question first. I I would put a, a ducket on Miami. I mean, I think there's some other teams that could be in that conversation, and certainly a mediocre team could get crushed by injuries and be in that conversation too. But I would put a chip down on Miami. I mean, I think a team like Arizona is going to win more games than we think. I mean, they may get five, six wins, get, and they wouldn't take a quarterback anyways. From what I understand, there is two great edge rushers coming out, and it's not a deep edge class. So maybe that would be the only conversation if this bottom team has a quarterback, you know, say it's Washington and they love Haskins or Arizona. You know, I mean, one of these guys, the Giants, I mean, I couldn't see them going back-to-back with quarterbacks in the first round if I'm any of those teams. I feel for Rosen, though, because, I again, you guys know I'm a Rosen believer, but I, I think I'm going to predict it again, that, that he's going to be, you know, behind the worst offensive line in the league again in a bad situation lose a ton of games, and I feel like we're not going to learn a ton more about Rosen. He may not even play 16. He may not even be the opening day starter. That I think Miami, again, this is total prediction. I'm not putting a lot of money on it or anything, but I feel like Rosen has a really good chance for Miami to earn the first pick overall, gets traded to the Bengals or somebody, and or Denver or somebody, and then they take two. And you know, like It could happen two years in a row to him, and we still might not know if he's good or not. Uh, Bradley Johnson also asked, how much, of a he- how much, if any, will the head coach at the Broncos be an upgrade? Joseph made a lot of bonehead in-game decisions last season that cost him games late. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Joseph. I think that move is going to pay off a lot. Um, I think bringing in Munchak is gigantic. I think Fangio is going to get that defense really humming. I think that he'll be a very stabilizing force on game day. We'll, get a, we'll quickly get a hold, a handle for what the Broncos are and what they need to do to win games. I've told you guys this before. I think it'll be before long. They're going to realize, hey, we got to win games 13-9. You know, we can't let Joe sling it all over the field. We got to, you know, improved offensive line, two decent backs, play defense. And I think Fangio takes that approach and coaxes a few more wins out that Joseph wouldn't, frankly. And so I like that a lot. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But I, I like the situation in Denver in terms of the coaching hires. Uh, last one here, Bradley also asks, is the play-calling power struggle with the Packers a recipe for disaster or a product of a quiet news period? I think it's more the latter. But it's also going to be a drastic transition for Rodgers. And go back and listen to the, the conversation we had with Locked On Packers. I thought it was a really good one, and it really, to me, is if Rodgers facilitated this move and decided, boy, this McCarthy offense is very archaic, I could do much better in a newer version, Shanahan style, which I think he's right, 
But now there's two phases to it if you're Rodgers. Okay, you look at the other, you look in the other yard over the other side of the fence, and the grass is greener. I want that yard. Okay, you know, we'll, we'll give you that house and yard. But now you got to move along. You know, now you got to do the work. You know, now you got to buy in. And I don't like turning my back to the defense and running play action. Well, then this isn't going to work. You know, like you better be adaptive. And I've never met Rodgers, but I get the feeling he's not real malleable in this regard but I would hope he's smart enough to realize that hey we gave you what you wanted now you have to change things because if they go back to LaFleur catering to Rodgers and how he's done things in the past then I don't think it's a good marriage and then you're not maximizing what the coach does well but if both buy in and we'll have to see this a lot in the preseason and really early in the year, because preseason they're not going to show you a ton. But if both buy in, I think there's a chance to be a skyrocket home run, win the Super Bowl type of thing, situation. I mean, let's not forget how Rod- how good Rodgers can be, particularly if he is aided by those around him more than he has in the past. That's really intriguing to me. But I also wish LaFleur, I forget who said this, but maybe Mike Lombardi. What if that would have been like Mike Shanahan, though? You know, somebody from the tree but higher up in the tree, or even Kubiak, or somebody at least that has a, a few more a few more pelts, you know, I mean, a few more confirmed kills, a few more, you know, a little more of a track record than LaFleur, who Rodgers might look at and say, this ain't working, I don't trust you, you have nothing to back this up historically, to say, man, he really knows what he's doing. So I think it is a volatile situation that could very much go wrong. It could be a one and done, you know, I mean, like, boy, that didn't work at all. Uh, LaFleur lasts a year, they go 6-10, and Rodgers doesn't change, or they can make beautiful music together and win the Super Bowl. I mean, I do think the, the outcomes are very drastic. All right, folks, I am in Jacksonville having fun on the beach, and you guys have a great week. See you later.